Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Intuitive Business Podcast. I have a very special guest, a young man on my podcast today. One of the things that I do in my business is I often will help people to support them if they're going through a family member that they've lost through suicide. So today is a very special episode, and it's going to be a tender episode. So there might be some emotions for you, the listener, and for the young man that's supporting us in this information and knowledge and me as well. Today, we're talking about the other side of suicide, like how to help people that are having mental health issues. So I'd like to thank you, KJ, for stepping up. And I know that this is a tender issue in your heart and it's very brave. Thanks for having me, Candy. Um, As she said, my name is KJ Myers. I'm a student at St. Joseph's University here in Philadelphia. I'm looking to graduate this May. Passion of mine is, you know, sports, athletics, hang out with friends, um, being there for family. But more on the career side, I'm looking to eventually someday join my family business in Lancaster, Pennsylvania named Kegel's Produce. We're a wholesale company. We distribute to many restaurants, hospitals, hotels, schools, um, stuff like that throughout the East Coast. As of now, my grandmother and my father run it. And yeah, I got two younger brothers named Carrick and Kobe. Great mom named Annette Myers, and I'm very blessed, and thank you for having me. Oh, wow. I've known KJ since he's been a, a young a young boy, and he's been a friend of my son's, and their family's been part of our family. And so he talked about his mom, Annette Myers, and Annette Myers, she was, I called an Italian twin. So like, if Annette would come over to the house 10 minutes later, her brother, Nick would come over to the house and then it would go like this cycle throughout all of like, a that's, how they, that's how they rolled. So yeah. And, and you knew, like, if you were inviting Annette over for dinner, you might as well put out two pieces of chicken because Nick's going to come over and yep. you'd have to <laughs> beg him for dinner to stay. But sometimes he'd stay, you know, and it would be really a lot of fun. And he was really a fun guy. And so KJ sent me a text message the other day because um, his uncle Nick last year passed away and um And it was this beautiful article and it was supporting people with mental health issues. And so that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. So this article, KJ, what motivated you to write it? Let me set the scene, I guess. So last semester I took a theology course and from the start of the semester, we were asked, what does suffering mean to you? Many students raised their hand and said, you know, when I put my hand on a stove and it burns, when I see people upset, because that makes me feel upset, you know, you could think of so many different things. And what came to my mind immediately was suffering inside, mentally, or just you're going through physical pain as well. So when I thought about the mental health issues, I immediately thought of my uncle Nick. So I was like, you know what, let's, let's do this assignment. Let's write this article. It had to be 10 to 12 pages with research behind it as well. But I was like, let's write this article. Let's do this research. Let's put in this work for my Uncle Nick. And I'm glad that I did it because I learned a lot about mental health issues. And it was also very beneficial to me because it gave me time to sit down, reflect, and, you know, just reflect on his life that he lived. That's beautiful. So the suffering on the inside, did we think that we saw that very much in Nick? Oh, no. Um, that's what I mentioned in my paper as well. Like you never know 
if somebody is going through mental health issues or is suffering inside. A person that is suffering from mental health issues, they tend to leave you in the dark because they don't want to be associated with the stigma of suffering from mental health. And they don't want to be looked at as somebody that needs help constantly. Because, you know, anybody wants to do things on their own and they want to push through adversity. But as I know, most of you have probably heard before, it is okay to say that you're not okay. And I'm 100% behind that. I think that needs to be said more and needs to be advertised more. Like, it is okay to not be okay. But yeah, Uncle Nick, he was a man of few words, but I mean, he was always in your corner. As Candy mentioned before, like, uh, my uncle was always around my mom, you know, helping with dinner, cleaning up the house, you know, doing yard work, maintenance stuff. I mean, the list goes on. Vacations. And as somebody that grew up with their parents separating at a young age, it was nice to have my uncle around as, you know, I obviously have respect for my father and what he's taught me and what I've learned from him. But, you know, from a whole different side of things, um, you could say Uncle Nick was a father figure to me as well. Um, Absolutely. Everybody saw Nick as a, as a pseudo father, father figure too. Like, KJ's father and KJ's mother and KJ's grandmother were always at every event. And so was Nick. And so all of the young boys also had a huge attachment to Nick because he was kind of like their safe buddy type uncle type friend because he wasn't a father, right? He, He didn't have that responsibility of being a parent. So he really opened up a space for your buddies. And I know when Phoenix was having a hard time in college, the first semester, Nick was working at the university and he made a point to visit Phoenix every single day at a certain time. And he'd sit there for like five minutes or so just to make sure Phoenix was okay. And so that's another trait that I just find so amazing about Nick is he was always checking to see if everybody else was okay, but he really needed some support and didn't really ask for it from anybody. Yeah, like I said before, he's he was always in your corner. He was a phone call away from me. You know, we'd go out for breakfast and stuff. I'd lay out my concerns to him. And I mean, Uncle Nick, he wasn't one of like a crazy resume of, you know, accolades and stuff like that. But he was very wise. Like he would point you in the right direction and he would be there for you. And I I heard about the, you know, Uncle Nick and Phoenix meetups many of times. I mean, it's funny to think that Nikki's office at Millersville University was on the same floor as Phoenix's dorm room. Like, <laughs> it's not like they tried that. It just stuff happens and everything happens for a reason. And I mean, I've heard stories of them watching television together or, you know, eating a sub. Like, I mean, that's just classic. <laughs> that is classic, Nick. And I don't know if you knew this story, KJ, but one time when Tim and I were going through a separation, I was really sad and you know, I'd been married a super long time and I was at your mom's house and Nick said, I know how to fix this problem. I said, what? And he goes, we're going out to dinner. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, let's go out to dinner. So we went to this hibachi grill thing and out on Lincoln highway, it's not there anymore. And he was like the social light of the group. Like everybody, Oh, I knew, you know, he had all these memories and stuff. And so like, he really boosted and elevated my spirits during a time that was really difficult. And then I needed a lamp and there was a lamp place across the road and he got the lamp. He carried it into my house. And of 
course, full service. He gave me an assembly of the, of the lamp. He actually assembled the lamp and he bought me a milkshake that night. So I had a complete nurturance by uncle Nick uh, that evening. And I think he somehow knew when somebody was kind of feeling that way and he'd go to rescue them. Like he, he didn't, he never took me out another time by ourselves. That wasn't it. He just knew in that moment I needed something and he gave it to me without even me asking or anything. <laughs> yeah. He's, he was very, he was very good at that. You know, like you said, you were coming over to the house because you were upset and you wanted to lay it out and talk. Whereas Nick's like, screw that. Let's go do something fun in a way and get your mind off of things and just have a good evening. Like why waste an evening of being upset and depressed in a way? Like, let's go out to eat. Let's, you know, enjoy our night together. And that's an aspect of Nick that not a lot of people have. And when he's gone, that's when you appreciate it. When it happens in the moment, it's hard to appreciate it because you just take it for granted. Oh yeah. I still wait for him to come in the door when your mom comes in. I, you know, about 15 minutes later, I'm looking at the clock and I catch myself and I'm like, oh yeah, that's not going to happen. He was known to have mental health challenges. He was on medication and he had cycles during his life where he, the medication would kind of get off or, you know, he'd been on medication for a while. So like there were other health challenges if you're on medication for a long time. So then they have to adjust it. And during this last adjustment phase, things didn't go as well. So let's move forward to April 8th. And so I was coming home from Cyprus and my girlfriend, Annette, which is KJ's mom called me and she was crying and she said, Nick, Nick, Nick. And I, I didn't understand what she was saying at first. And she said, he's gone. And so Nick's like super healthy. Nick was exactly almost my age. He was a year younger, a year older than me. And you know, he was always a busybody, like always running around, always fixing, lifting, cutting wood. He was super healthy. So I was kind of shocked. And then she shared it was that he had committed suicide and she was just devastated as we all were. So how do you get from the love of this beautiful man as a young man yourself? How do you start the healing process? Yeah, I mean, that day for me was very bizarre because, as I mentioned before, I go to school in Philadelphia and I'm a huge Philadelphia sports fan. And that was the Philadelphia Phillies opening day. And I even thought about going to the game, but I didn't. So I'm watching the game on the, my couch and I get a call from my cousins saying Uncle Nick fell on the stairs and hurt his head. And I was like, I was like questioned by, I was like, why? Like, he goes up and down those stairs all the time. Like, how is he one to fall on the stairs and hurt his head? So I rushed home and I don't know, I was thinking about it, calling some people and, you know, you'd never want to think the worst, but that comes into your head. And I got there at the scene and my mom's very upset, crying, obviously. And, you know, I was upset too, but to answer your question, the more you talk about his life, the more you try and help others that are going through similar issues, and the more you reflect on what happened and, you know, the good memories like you and I just mentioned, like, that's how I, that's how I am working through my healing process. Like, I've never been one to bottle things up and keep it inside. Like, 
why not talk about uh, the life he lived? Like, why not? So that's what I suggest to people is, you know, talking to others about it, talking to real people about it. You don't want to lay everything out there to people that are fake or, you know, could seem like they could care less. Yeah, my suggestion is to, you know, talk about your feelings, talk about the good memories, talk about the bad. Yeah, I mean, it was a shame to hear and to see him go through those cycles of starting new medication and then thinking, I don't need it anymore. But when I've heard when people do that and through my research, you, you can't do that. You got to start medication. You got to finish it. There's no need to stop it. There's no need to um, take a break from it. So, I mean, another thing I have to be honest about, too, is I know I'm on the younger side of things in terms of like my family tree. But like I was really kept in the dark with what kind of medication he was taking, like that he wasn't doing well. Like, yeah, I hear stories from his past here and there. but I thought that was over and done with. I was really kept in the dark in terms of his, how severe his mental health issues were. And, you know, you don't want to say to yourself, like, oh, if I knew, maybe things could be different. Like, you can't do that to yourself. But I mean, just being honest with you, I really did not know the, how severe it was. And obviously, I wish I did, but can't go back and change that. Well, you're a young adult still at this stage. And what I think is so beautiful is KG's going to step into an influential role in Lancaster County. You know, his business has been established for a few generations now. And so as he steps into this role, he's stepping into a role as a leader. And I thought it would be a really good way for him as a leader to be able to communicate to, to others about some personal things that live in his heart, as well as some of the research that he did so that he could support other people on this journey. So if you feel that your family member is suffering with mental health illness, what is a few of the recommendations that you either found in the research or that resonated with you personally? For example, I have friends that I wouldn't consider them having severe mental health issues, but yeah, there's some depression, there's some anxiety. I can't say I'm one that deals with too much depression, too much anxiety, but I, when I know of my friends or family that deal with that, I make sure to contact them each and every day. It could be sending them a tweet of a sports video. It could be sending them a, a funny GIF, you know, like making that other person feel like they know that they have somebody in their corner is it's very beneficial in the long run. It could be just a little text. I'm one that always gives somebody a phone call as well. Like, why not pick up the phone and call somebody that you haven't heard from in a while? Catch up, talk about the good, talk about the bad. But um, just connecting over the phone is very beneficial rather than texting. Texting, you can't hear or see their emotion. And it's not really beneficial. But for somebody that you know that is dealing with mental health issues, just like I said in the beginning, like, it is okay to not be okay. And they need to understand that need to know that. And just reemphasizing to them that you're in their corner is very beneficial too. So one of the things I heard KJ talk about a couple minutes ago is about celebrating the good memories of Nick. So yep. I want to transition this uh, now because this episode is dedicated to Nick um, Celia. And let's talk about some of the things that really stand out in his life. I, I saw, I was at a celebration of life and multitude of people stood up and said the most wonderful things about him. So now moving forward, we've covered some of the, the hard stuff. Let's talk about the good stuff in his life. 
Oh my God, there is a lot. There is a lot. I mean, I'll start by saying this. When I mentioned earlier, like it's good to talk about his life after the fact. It's good to hear about the good memories, the bad. Like I knew a lot of his close friends. Some worked for my dad. Some are friends with my dad. Some I know through my mom. So I made sure to contact them and just, you know, ask if they're okay. Like give them my thoughts as well. So there is a cheesesteak shop located in Lancaster City called Captain Gus, Captain Gus's. And the owner of that is his name is Nikki as well. He was one of my uncle's best friends. And I stopped in there to get lunch conveniently to also talk to him about Uncle Nick. And oh my God, he had the funniest stories about Uncle Nick. Told me about this Vegas trip one time, like saying how like Nikki had this like scheme for the casino where he'd have a certain amount of money in each envelope for each day that they were there. So they went down the first day and apparently he already went through all the envelopes and didn't stick to his guns by keeping an envelope for each day. So that was that was hilarious to hear. Like, And then like for me, I mean, he used to work at Kegels. He he was there for 16 some years. So those years is when I was growing up. So, I mean, my brothers and I, we used Kegels as almost like a jungle gym in a way you know, climbing up on boxes, running through the coolers and, you know, messing around with Uncle Nick. There was one time like Nikki was hard at work and my brothers and I were young and we didn't realize it. And uh, we were busting his chops like crazy. And I remember he was so frustrated that he like drug us down through the warehouse, like by our feet and just tossed us into my dad's office and was like, Kenny, like, get these kids under control. I'm trying to work. And I mean, that's just at the time that was like a bit concerning, but um, that was, it's funny to look back on. Um, There's another story. Like Nikki always emphasized and told us that he did never snores. Like he doesn't snore, but he he, he knows that he does. Like he, he knows that he does, but he wanted to put himself out there that he doesn't snore because I don't know. People that snore, like, are, I guess, considered like bad sleepers or something, you know, and he didn't want to be associated with that. But he knew in the back of his head that he snored, but he would tell people that he didn't. So there's like I mentioned before, a lot of family vacations with him, a lot of trips to the beach, a lot of trips on to the cabin and stuff. But nobody wanted to stay in the same room as Uncle Nick, like because he would keep you up. and. I mean, that's just, that was just funny. Like people would wake up the next morning being like, I couldn't sleep. Uncle Nick was snoring so loud. And he'd be like, what? I wasn't snoring. I'm not a snorer. I don't snore. What? (laughs) How is he, how is he supposed to tell that he snores or doesn't because he's sleeping? You know, that, that was just his way of being funny and having fun. Um, I don't know. He was, we had to go to Eagles games. I, I mean, I invited him to the NF- the Eagles NFC Championship game in 2018 when they played the Vikings, um, and I'm so glad that I did because there was this. This is another funny story. There was this guy selling these knockoff T-shirts on the street, tailgating, and you could tell that you know he was lower class, poor, and but Nikki was right there to support him and buy these T-shirts from him, and 
he this guy made these underdog t-shirts and Nikki loved those and he'd always wear that t-shirt but yeah I mean we could sit here all day talk about Uncle Nick but those were a couple of mine thank you for sharing that I liked when um at his celebration of life everybody would call Nick because he was so good at everything he was an industrial arts major so he was really good with woodworking like like to perfection. So everybody would think, oh, if there was a job, we'll call Nick because he'll know how to do it. So everybody would call him all the time and they'd say, he had this expression, I'm all jammed up. Yeah. So (laughs) I always thought that was kind of cute. Oh, I can't come just yet. I'm all jammed up. He wouldn't say no to you though. Yeah. You know, Oh, I'm all jammed. Like that was another thing. Like the uncle Nick had a lot of sayings and I was told that he got some of those for my grandfather as well. But I mean, I'm all jammed up, like back in your box. Um, something about shrimp. Where's the shrimp? I don't know. There's just so many. This is like a play on words too. Like as she mentioned before, um, Nikki was very into woodworking and industrial arts. And Nikki had his own side business called Nick's Wood. And I mean, that's just funny. Like Nick's Wood. Um, so Hearing these things, you can just tell the kind of how how he was and the kind of person that he was. So he is always going to be so loved and remembered. Um, one of the things KJ's mother did to honor his memory is she made a next wood in the backyard with like birdhouses and flowers and ways that you can just go and spend a little time thinking about Nick and just um, celebrating his life. And so. We loved him endlessly. He was a really great guy and he was a really good uncle slash pseudo father to all the, the young boys as well. And um, I also want to say I could imagine <laughs> him dragging the three of you by your ankles into your dad's office because he honest to God, he was the sweetest guy in the world. I really actually can't imagine him doing that. But these three <laughs> boys, they were su- they were good boys, but they were boys and they were so active. They literally like were just like three little squirrely things just running around and uncle Nick trying to manage the three of them. Well, anybody trying to manage the three of them was a lot. So I just wanted to give a preframe that he was a great uncle and the kids probably needed their ankles <laughs> being drug into the, yeah. Office I mean, that was a wake up call not to mess with uncle Nick anymore while he's working. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many memories. There's so many good memories. I I mean, I wouldn't even consider that a bad memory. Like that's it's that's funny. And I mean, I remember we used to go bowling all the time. You know, go out to eat, like you mentioned, how you guys did before. Like, go see movies. Like he was a movie guy. Like you, he would want to go see the movies, and he was up to date about it. He loved the fictional character character Rocky Balboa. Him and I would constantly send each other um, just Rocky gifts and stuff like. (laughs) And we did that in a way because we knew we both liked Rocky, but it was another way for us to communicate with each other. Just say, keep working hard. And we both understood that, but we didn't necessarily tell each other that. And that's the kind of relationship I had with Uncle Nick. A lot of open ended things that we did, but we understood it. He was just such a great guy and I'm happy and blessed to have known him for as long as I have. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to go through life without him, but yeah, we're coming up on a year now. And I mean, 
I mean, when April 8th comes around, it's going to be a tough day for all of us. But like I said before, how I handle things is talking about it, reflecting, laughing, and sharing the good memories. Well, the good thing, we, we can't change what's happened in the past, but we can hold on to the memories of those people that we love and also know that they're still with us. They're supporting us. You know, I, I believe in God and I believe in God's love and I believe that Nikki was just a big love ball. And so I believe that he can still send us that beautiful love um, from a distance, even though his body can't be here with us. I feel like his heart is always with us. And as a matter of fact, today I took from my refrigerator, I'm holding up, I, I know we're on a podcast, but I have a picture of Nick and he's holding up a big a strawberry margarita. He wasn't a big drinker. So I imagine no. it might've been a virgin margarita, but he's holding <laughs> it up in cheers uh, fashion to us. So um, that's how I'd like everybody to remember him. And so we're releasing this podcast on April 7th, which is the day before his passing. So one of the things I'd uh, like to invite the um, listeners, if you happen to listen to this today, please hold up a, a drink. It could be a, a virgin glass of something and just say a little cheers to Nick. He would enjoy that and just honoring his beautiful memory and, and what a great uncle and person he was and son and nephew and brother. I got to enjoy all watching all of his roles and he loved people endlessly like his, his mother and his his mother was a twin. And mm-hmm. so <laughs> Anne, Angie and, and Josie, they were two pieces of work and, and he took care of both of them. Yep. And he was never married. He didn't have children, but he had a lot of children and he had a lot of responsibilities because he took care of everybody in the family. That he did. There's, there's some things that I, I mean, like you just mentioned, you have that picture of him on your fridge. So you see that every day, yep. pretty much. My mom, God, my brothers and I, um, these rocks, and I guess they're his ashes formed into a rock. And I keep that rock in my car for one. So I see it every day. And two, that, you know, I got somebody looking down on me, protecting me while I'm driving. And then like another thing I have as well is I have a Millersville University wrestling t-shirt. Your son actually got that for me. I, I asked him to, I was like, you know, Uncle Nick wrestled at Millersville. I got to get a t-shirt and support. So Sometimes I wear that under um, under my dress clothes if I'm feeling nervous about something or I have an interview or a presentation. You know, I just wear that underneath that, you know, now that somebody's got my back. And he does. Nick always had all of our backs and he always will. I know that. We just want to say we love you endlessly, Nick, and you were all of our rocks. And we're so grateful for you. I hope this episode has helped people. And I'm just so grateful to KJ Myers for how brave he is to come on this podcast today and talk about a very sensitive subject and a very beautiful man. So I'm grateful. Thanks for having me, Candy. I appreciate it. Like I said before, to all the listeners and viewers, you're ever going through something tough or depressed or having anxiety about a lot of things. Don't think about the stigma of mental health. Just, you know, try and seek help and get help. It is okay to not be okay. Um, no, I've said that. I know I've said that a bunch of times on this episode, but I mean it. I'm being serious. It is okay to not be okay. And you know, KJ is a young man, a young adult heading into our world. And I'm doing some research right now on college age students. And one of the most shocking statistics I've ever read is only 11 percent 
of college age students feel okay right now? Eleven, only eleven percent. That's something else I mentioned in my paper. Like when kids go through the education system, yes, they're getting educated, but that's where we could see bullying. That's where we could see um, just kids suffering because of stress or anxiety. There's not that many education systems that incorporate mental health education, and I'm not saying that's a necessity or that should be that should be added in next year, but I think seminars or public speakers coming in and teaching this aspect of life is very important to the other side of education. And that's something I mentioned in my paper as well. So is there any final words for the listeners that you have to say or that you, those sitting on your heart? I'm 21 years old. I've experienced loss and it happened a year ago. And this was the worst loss I've, I'd say I've ever experienced because it was unexpected. And when loss happens unexpectedly, it's it really sits on your heart for a long time. I'm still trying to heal through it. I'm still trying to um, figure things out on my own because I really relied on Uncle Nick. He was always in my corner, as I mentioned. He was a phone call away. And, um, you know, it's it's sad and it's 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 sad and it's tough to understand and grasp that he's not going to see um, or be there with me through certain milestones in my life. Like he was he was at my high school graduation. But as I mentioned before, I'm graduating pretty soon and it's going to be tough to understand and realize that he's not going to be there to see it. And, you know, that's stuff I want to ex- I wanted to experience with him and I wanted him to be there for because. He was somebody through my college experience that I relied on heavily with if I was dealing through certain things. When I first toured St. Joe's, things were kind of hot and heavy between my parents. And I was like, screw it. I'll just bring Uncle Nick. And Uncle Nick toured St. Joe's with me. And we had a really good time. And, you know, when you're deciding on a school or you're deciding on like another avenue of life, like you want to trust your gut. And. I trust my gut um, just because of the experience I had with Uncle Nick on campus when I toured it. Like I said, I could go on and on talking about this man, but at the end of the day, he didn't drive the nicest car. He didn't have the biggest house. And in my eyes, that didn't matter. He was he was a good man. He was honest. He was respectful and sucks to see him leave and go. But yeah. And somewhere in my heart, I really believe that Uncle Nick will be there at your graduation. And I have a feeling you might have a wrestling t-shirt underneath that cap and gown. Yes, I will. (laughs) Oh, thank you again, KJ. You really made a world of difference to support the listeners and the Intuitive Business Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me.